All financial advice provided on this show is for entertainment and educational purposes only. The financial ideas and strategies discussed are only provided as a starting point for a conversation about money matters. With regard to your particular investments and financial strategies, consult your financial planner, CPA, or investment professional. All your financial decisions are yours and yours alone to make and subsequently are solely your responsibility. The information that is supplied through the context of the radio program and any repurposing of its content by the host or network is a combination and collection of solid financial investment understanding, opinion, and comments. This network, show, and its host are not liable for financial strategies, outcomes that you employ in any manner that result in any kind of loss. Shares of corporate sponsors may be the subject of buy or sell recommendations in Jay Taylor's newsletter in accordance with Jay's objective opinion. Welcome to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with your host, Jay Taylor. This hour will help investors fix issues and achieve personal gain. Now, here's your host, Jay Taylor. Welcome back to the second hour of Turning Hard Times into Good Times. I'm your host, Jay Taylor, and I want to thank each of you for listening to this show, making it the number one show on the Voice America Business Channel. Also want to thank our sponsors for making this show economically viable. Uh, for the second hour of today's show, our sponsors are Nanostruck Technologies, Paramount Gold and Silver, Columbus Gold, and Golden Arrow Resources. Well, I'm really pleased to have with me for the first time Dr. Murray Susser, MD. Uh, Dr. Susser blends traditional and alternative medicine for dealing with treating chronic fatigue syndrome, mixed infection syndrome, clinical nutrition, uh, anti-addiction therapies, uh, intravenous therapies, uh, prevention. Uh, he really is a doctor who uses what I would call, seemingly to me anyway, as a layperson, unconventional uh, methods and means, but certainly also uh, involved very much with the mainstream uh, in medicine as well. Dr. Susser holds uh, his MD. Uh, he received it from the University of Pittsburgh School of Medicine, 1966, uh, and an AB in English writing uh, in his, as his pre-med, uh, pre-med degree, University of Pittsburgh in 1962. Since 2006, Dr. Murray, uh, uh, Dr. Susser uh, has had a private practice in Scottsdale, Arizona, Association with Longevity Medical Center. His extensive career includes positions in me- as medical director at the Arizona Advanced Medicine in 1998 to 2005 and medical director at uh, Omnox, Omnidox Medical Center, Santa Monica, California. In addition, Dr. Susser has previously co-hosted various radio shows, including Making Healthy Choices with Deborah Maffet, uh, Choosing Longevity, uh, that was on the Adelphi Cable in Los Angeles, and uh, he has also done a radio show, a medical commentary show on KFOX-FM, uh, from 1985 to 1991. He is also the author of Solving the Puzzle of Chronic Fatigue Syndrome. Welcome, Dr. Susser, to Turning Hard Times into Good Times. Well, it makes me feel old. I didn't realize I'd done that much. <laughs> <laughs> well, you have done a lot. And uh, I guess, uh, is it true they say that uh, age is only, uh, it's only how you feel? It's only a number. It's only a number. How only... You, how you, you're right. How you feel is the, uh, is, is the ultimate. Uh, I've, I'm uh, 79 now. Uh huh. And I'm working full time, and I'm enjoying it. I, I thought about retiring for a while, and then I realized I don't like either Ruta, either Winnebago's or or, or golf. <laughs> yeah. So keep active, keep busy, and uh, and I mean, you really certainly there there are limits to to life. We know that. We, we know. I think any of us that think about it know we're not going to live forever. At least not 
not at the present time, the technology. Well, and I don't know, it would be a good thing that we live forever anyway. Yeah. But, but, but in any event, there, there is no doubt in my mind as a 66-year-old man that a uh, good exercise regime and, and good diet goes a long ways in making you feel better. But I want to talk to you about this whole thing of chronic fatigue syndrome. I mean, not about the whole thing, but at least touch on it today. W- can you define it? You and, easy, uh, easy. It's easy to yeah. define. Uh-huh. Sometimes it's hard to identify. <clears throat> but it's easy to define and distinguish. The, the chronic fatigue syndrome uh, was finally uh, finally defined by the Center for Disease Control in, in Atlanta as greater than 50% debility for greater than six months with no known cause and with possibly other uh, things like swollen glands, fevers, muscle aches, um, mm-hmm. various kinds of pain. So <clears throat> that's chronic fatigue syndrome. <clears throat> Excuse me. And... And the important part about it is is that uh, no known cause, because mm-hmm. everything that you see with chronic fatigue syndrome happens with known infections. If you have tuberculosis, if you have mm-hmm. if you have chronic prostatitis, you have chronic uh, uh, chronic uh, liver disease, chronic spleen. But there's a lot of chronic, many many chronic diseases that that the, that fit the picture of chronic fatigue syndrome, except you have a known cause. So, so when we wrote our book, uh, when I wrote the, uh, the, on the book uh, "Solving the Puzzle of Chronic Fatigue Syndrome," I was clear that that until uh, that, uh, that as soon as we found a cause for the syndrome in a person, a person comes to see you with with fatigue and muscle mm-hmm. pain and con- mental confusion and swollen glands and fevers and rash, and and you say, "Oh, well, you have a chronic infection under your left molar." Mm-hmm. And and, mm-hmm. A, and a little and little a little abscess under a molar or under and under any tooth for that or, mm-hmm. yeah, or in the prostate or in the lungs, if you have chronic infection and and you and you find that out, then it's not chronic fatigue syndrome anymore. It's chronic infection. Aha! Uh-huh. So so the idea is to figure out what it is and uh, the chronic. So people come with this with this syndrome uh, defined as you defined it. I guess it means that. People might have a good night's sleep and still wake up in the morning and feel feel those symptoms. Those symptoms. Oh yeah, absolutely. It just never doesn't go away, and fifty percent of their life they're dehabilitated essentially. Yeah, and then most of the time it's worse than that. Fifty percent mm-hmm. is a, is a defining line. Yeah, but but I have people who are one you know one out of ten, and the, mm-hmm. as far as energy is concerned, they can barely get out of bed. And then I have mm-hmm. people who 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 fluctuate according to an oscillation, like a lot of infections have oscillations, mm-hmm. and where they feel really good for a couple of days and really bad for a couple of days, uh, and th- those are more puzzling. But that's there's a lot of precedent for that in known medicine. Malaria is like that. In malaria, mm-hmm. you feel really good for for uh, f- for a day, and then and then you have a fever for two or three days, and then you feel mm-hmm. really feel good again, and then you have a fever for two or three days. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of conditions like that in medicine. Okay, so someone comes into your office with those with a chronic fatigue syndrome. Where do you start? How do you how do you uh, diagnose the well, well, underlying well, I cause? Of it? Looking for possible causes. First of all, do you have any sign of infection anywhere? Do you have do you have a, a rash? Do you have uh, swelling anywhere? Do you have do you have a cough? Do you have bladder issues? Do you, do you have shortness of breath? You know, it's 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 often said that if you know. Well, it used to be said if, that if if you knew tuberculosis, you knew medicine because it mm-hmm. could show up any way in any in any form. And I think the same thing is true of chronic fatigue syndrome. If you know chronic fatigue syndrome, then you know 
medical treatments, you know, medical procedures. And, and so if somebody comes with chronic fatigue syndrome, by the, by the definition I just gave, then I, and I look for the, the infectious process or the degenerative process uh, or, or the, uh, uh, the toxicity process. A lot of people who are who are uh, who are toxified by uh, uh, by, by by sneaky things like fungal fungal infections fungal mm. infestations in your walls. People with 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 leaky walls. With, huh. what, that's that can be with one of the sneakiest people with uh, lead toxicity, mercury mm-hmm. toxicity. Very mm-hmm. sneaky, very hard to to find, hard to diagnose. But once you find it, it's often highly treatable. Mm-hmm. Well, we have, uh, of course, metals, heavy metals. You talk about heavy metals, uh, uh, you know, as, as causes for a lot of trouble. We have heavy metals put in our teeth, don't we? Absolutely. Uh, I think most dentists have gotten away from that, but not all of them. Uh, when I was a kid, I had, I don't know, 20, 20 some silver mercury fillings. Those silver yeah. fillings in your teeth are 50% mercury. Huh. And the silver has a mild toxicity. But the mercury has severe toxicity, and and anybody who who still has mercury in their teeth is is not is is not uh, looking at the realities that we now know. So, if a doctor, if your dentist says you're, he's giving you an amalgam, is that yeah, is, is that probably metal? Amalgam is almost by definition silver and mercury. Uh-huh. An amalgam is a combination of two of two metals and. In, and, and or, or more than one metal, put it that way. But it was in the dental process, in dental uh, semantics, it usually means a silver mercury filling. Mm-hmm. You know, I have uh, a question, a personal question for you. I have a, a tooth, um, a, a molar, that has had some problems. It will um, sort of swell up for a little bit, and then it goes down, and it's okay for a while, and then it goes up again. And I've just been delaying getting it extracted. My dentist says it has to be extracted because. Uh, of, of a, it was a bad, um, you know, bad, bad dentistry in the past. Uh, I suppose that's the kind of thing that could cause cause real problems. I well, suppose. you're lucky if, if you're in good health when you have something like that going on, because uh-huh. that puts a toxicity through your whole body. That that uh-huh. you you probably have a low grade abscess under that tooth. Yeah, and your dentist is probably right. Mm-hmm. Uh, if if it is, if if it's swelling and going up and down, that's that's probably an abscess. Yeah. Well, yeah. he's he's. You know, so it's like a lot of things we, we put off because we don't really want to deal with them, but I, it's something I, I know I need to deal with and, and will soon. But well, the that's the kind of thing. It's only going to get worse. Yeah. Well, it's not going to heal itself. I'm convinced of that. It's been going on for a while. Well, you talk a lot about <clears throat> uh, high tech medicine. Uh, d- define for us what you mean when you use that, that term. I talk about high tech nutrition mostly. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And, and what that means to me is, is, is that we. The good good nutrition is not high tech. Good nutrition is primitive. Mm-hmm. Uh, high tech nutrition is uh, is using uh, refined foods, uh, refi- refined uh, uh, farming processes. You know, modern farming uh, has terrible, terrible. Uh, uh, te- modern, modern modern farming has terrible fertilization. They're just using mm-hmm. potash and, and something with maybe magnesium and potassium, a couple of good things in it, but but it's not like it's it's not like having manure and mm-hmm. you know and really natural fertilizer. Mm-hmm. Natural mm-hmm. fertilizer can have all the nutrients that we need in the soil. 
when mm-hmm. they when they make uh, when they make uh, farming pro- procedures out of out of uh, tech out of chemistry out of chemicals, uh, you're not getting everything you need. And so what I call the the process results in what I call high tech malnutrition. Mm-hmm. We have uh, we look like we have plenty of uh, plenty of nutrients because we're fat, yeah, uh, and and we're bulgy and uh, but. But we have high-tech malnutrition if we have all this technology and still wind up with a with a, a need for nutrients, and a need for nutrients results in a in a need and in, in craving calories. Mm-hmm. And if we so if we need B1 or B2, we will crave calories, and we will eat sugar and white flour and things that aren't really good for us. So it feeds on itself, kind of the, the pathology. Yeah, it, it it definitely it definitely works paradoxically almost. You, see. Mm-hmm. you got, got so much so much food, which isn't real food. We, you know, we, okay. were, we were we were designed for the Paleolithic diet, for the, mm-hmm. the caveman diet, mm-hmm. and and uh, and if we have the caveman diet, then we have uh, then we have a broad spectrum. We, look, thirty forty years ago, when I got interested in nutrition, mm-hmm. there was there were sixty five known essential nutrients. And uh, you know the B vitamins. What are the essential, an essential nutrient is a nutrient that the body can't make, mm-hmm. so it's defined as a vitamin or an essential mineral. Mm-hmm. Sixty-five. That was about thirty-five years ago. There's mm-hmm. still sixty-five, even though dozens and perhaps hundreds of new nutrients have been described, like the uh, like resveratrol and things of that nature. Mm-hmm. So there's lots of nutrients that we are almost certain they're they're essential, but they haven't been labeled properly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, so what what are we going to do? We live in this world, uh, or do we have to go organic? We should be looking for organic um, vegetables, fruits. Uh, well, I, I, I think I think uh, Bill Maher is right. We got to get rid of Monsanto and and their and their, and their G, GMO, the the uh, the, the genetically modified yeah. uh, nutrients. They're 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 a menace to the world, and and. Um, uh, Explain why that's true, if you could. Uh, well, well all the studies that I've seen on them show that animals who take these things put, uh, either become sterile or or have distorted reproduction. Mm-hmm. And if they and and first now I've heard that all the corn, almost all the corn we eat now is genetically modified. Mm-hmm. And uh, and and we eat lots and lots of corn, you know, from everywhere from tacos to. To uh, uh, to corn chips, we we know yeah. corn in many many things, mm-hmm. and corn sugar probably is affected by it also, and we mm-hmm. have and we have corn sugar in many things. So so if if we're getting if we're getting deficient foods, then we get deficient function. We, we, our immune system is not working optimally. Uh, our metabolic system isn't working optimally. We don't have the same re- metabolic resistance to say cancer. Or, mm-hmm. or opportunistic infections, mm-hmm. and so but, yeah. Go ahead. So so the so so the the g- g- genetically modified and and g- genetically stripped and, and or physically stripped foods uh, are a serious problem. I was talking to my friend about about alcoholism, for example. Mm-hmm. Roger Williams, one of the great nutritional doctors of all time, mm-hmm. wrote a book called Alcoholism: Nutrition and Alcoholism. Mm-hmm. And, and, he, and, he, and he showed a, a typical study that they did it with laboratory animals. They took two groups of rats, identical animals, 
and they put them in separate pens, and one of them had water and whiskey to drink in separate mm-hmm. containers, and another one had, had the, and the other group had the same water and whiskey to drink, and one group got a perfect diet with no flaws in it, and the other group mm-hmm. had an almost perfect diet with one flaw, mm-hmm. and the flaw might be B1 or lacking B2 or lacking mm-hmm. vitamin C, and uh-huh. the group that had any flaw, any dietary lack, uh, all of them drank alcohol and became addicted to the alcohol. Interesting. The other group that had the full diet, none of them touched the alcohol. They only drank water. Oh, that is really interesting. That's, and there's uh, lots of studies to confirm that. Uh-huh, uh-huh. So that a lot of alcoholism may really be tied in with, with bad diets. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah. And, and, well, and, I, and, and, that, and that leads to a whole chain of events. Sure. It goes beyond alcohol. Yeah, of course. Well, uh, so so what should we do to improve our diets? I mean, I, it's first starting out with a good diet means uh, a balanced diet. I suppose you would agree with with fruits and vegetables. Um, yeah, I, I like fruits and vegetables. Uh, proteins, uh, organic if possible. I think that uh-huh. that adds a plus to to your diet. Uh, you're not getting you're not getting toxic. As sure, much. we're all getting toxic stuff. We're not, not getting as but, much in an organic diet. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And and uh, and I think the diet should be should have little or no processed foods. Mm-hmm. So white flour is not nearly as good as whole grains. Sure. And then there's lots of subtleties like uh, gluten sensitivity. Gluten is a protein that's in that's in wheat. Mm-hmm. And 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 the, and you can have organic wheat. But if it has, but it has gluten in it, and a lot, a lot of people, we're finding more and more people who are sensitive to the gluten, and and consequently get uh, GI symptoms. They, mm-hmm. they, they, they get pains, gas, mm-hmm. uh, discomfort, fatigue. A lot of things happen from gluten sensitivity, and and so so in a, so a, a good diet would include things like an awareness of gluten of gluten sensitivity. You can look for that uh, yourself by. Sure. By seeing how how you respond to the to the, you could kind of Google see see how you should respond to the wheat if it's mm-hmm. not if you're not gluten sensitive, and 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 have I would stay away from processed flour, stay away from from uh, from caffeine. My feeling is that, that caffeine is not good for you. Processed sugar may be one of the greatest evils ever in the world. So. Yeah. Well, I hate to hear you say caffeine isn't good for you because I think I'm probably addicted to caffeine. What does that do to you? I mean, well, it doesn't ca- seem to keep gives, me awake. Caffeine gives you an artificial energy. Uh-huh. It's, it's kind of like a credit card mentality. Uh-huh. You, you know, the credit card, your credit, credit card doesn't give you wealth. It's merely a, a, a convenient way to spend your wealth, but you've got to pay it off at the end. Okay, so and end up being tired. Caffeine, then uh, caffeine gives you an artificial energy. It doesn't. Yeah. It doesn't create energy for you. It's like spending your future. No, well, I'd probably have to. Uh, I'd probably have to work on on getting rid of coffee. I drink so much of it. I don't know. It's just. Uh, but I'll I'll take your advice on well, that. A lot, well, don't you got probably to get some help when you do that? Because if you quit caffeine abruptly, uh-huh. like cold turkey, you get headaches mostly, and the headaches yeah. and the headaches can last for two three weeks. Yes, I've uh, our our son uh, actually has had that experience as well, and he's tried that to yeah, it's very uh, to stop. Experience. Yeah, now now you have um, you know you you practice uh, in reading your background here. High tech scientific treatments like intravenous chelation. Yeah, chelation. Uh, yeah, I, I'm, yeah, I'm in I'm in California now. The, the, uh-huh. the, all all that interesting stuff you gave on me didn't didn't say that I'm really in, in Los Angeles now, uh, mm-hmm. but uh, in, in West LA. But the high tech 
uh, therapies I'm talking about, like chelation, chelation is spelled C-H-E, like chemistry. It's a hard yes. C-H, like chemistry. And uh-huh. it means metal binding. Uh-huh. And, and, and there's tons and tons of evidence that the majority of us have too much toxic metal in our bodies, have too much mm-hmm. lead, cadmium, mercury, uh, and, and, and having that metal, that disturbs in a very subtle way our brain function, our kidney function, our liver function. All these things are disturbed in a subtle way. Mm-hmm. Uh, thyroid function can be disturbed. And if you're lacking these things, if, if, you, if you're lacking the ability to get rid of these metals because the body doesn't have a good ability to get rid of them in the first place. So if, mm-hmm. if you take a, an overdose of, of lead or cadmium, uh, the body takes 20 to 25 years to get rid of half of it. It's a half-life mm. of about 20 years. Wow. Now, with, with intravenous chelation, you can speed that enormously. You can, you know, with, a, with say, 10 or 15 intravenous treatments, you can get rid of significant amounts of these toxic metals in your body. And, and, that, and, and that gives you a, a head start on, on having overall health of, in your immune system and in your overall metabolism. But but chelation isn't something that the mainstream medical uh, society really practices, is, is it? It's not that widespread. No, it's not. It, it, it's, they use it in, in the obvious uh, poisonings, like if there's an industrial accident or a laboratory accident, mm-hmm. somebody gets loaded with uh, methylmercury uh, mm-hmm. or some other, uh, some, some other of these toxic metals, then they get chelated. Um, mm-hmm. And and uh, and that, and it's used in that fashion in conventional mm-hmm. medicine. What conventional medicine overlooks is that there is a subtle level of, of metal toxicity that is very hard to measure in, with conventional methods. You have to. Uh-huh. We, we do an unconventional test called a, a challenge test, in which we give an intravenous chelation for for uh, for about an hour and then collect the urine for two hours and see how much mercury and lead comes out. If you ah. do that test without the challenge, almost none of it comes out because it has a 20-year half-life. Uh-huh, but if you uh-huh. do it with the challenge, this chelating challenge, then you can see enormous amounts of the toxic metals come out. And when you treat that, you often see tremendous improvements in overall health. I, I once had a patient, a 38-year-old a genius kind of banker. He was a steel trap guy, and he was losing his memory at age 38. Huh. And he was he was getting almost uh, uh, like almost like an early Alzheimer's, and and I did a hair test on him, and found enormous amounts of lead in his hair. He was using one of those formulas to to color his hair, and they often have lead in them. And he was taking uh, so he had so he had all this lead in his hair, and I chelated him and got him off his his uh, his his hair dye, and he got completely better in a couple of months. Mm-hmm. And this, well, you, is, this is a guy who, was, who, who, without this kind of approach, might have been doomed to dis, to destruction. Sure, very interesting. You know, the one uh, the chelation is really of interest to me because there's a very famous uh, financial analyst, newsletter writer, Richard Russell, who actually lives down in San Diego. He's he's I think he's almost ninety years old now. And uh, in any event, he had a heart attack when he was quite young, and he's been through all kinds of you know horrible things but but he started chelation therapy after his heart attack and he has he has been convinced that that's what's kept him alive all these years do you see the connection with absolutely was his, yeah absolutely. What, so so explain the connection between chelation and avoiding that kind of a problem well uh, the chelation has a has a has a story that we could spend an hour on but uh-huh. but uh but the 
I, but uh, Norman, um, Norman, well, I'm, just, I'm blocking out his name. I'll think of it in a second, hopefully. But anyhow, chelation uh, was found to uh, uh, was found to treat lead poisoning, of course. Mm-hmm. And there was a doctor in Detroit who who was treating lead poisoning as an experiment with the lead industry, and he found that that nine of the ten subjects that he treated with chelation for lead poisoning had heart disease, and, and, they, and they all improved while they were getting chelation. That led to, to about 30 years of, of uh, dispute with the, medical, with the medical world who said that chelation couldn't possibly help heart disease. And, and uh, in the meantime, a whole bunch of doctors like me were learning to treat heart disease with, with chelation, and we were being called quacks. Yes. Well, this past year, the tax study came out, which was a $31 million study by the National Institutes of Health. There was a government-sanctioned study which showed that people who got 40 chelation treatments uh, over a, over a two-year period, I think, uh, had a, an 18% de- decrease in cardiac events. Mm. And cardiac mm-hmm. events is things you don't want, like no. heart, heart attacks and death. And, and, and better than that, those who had diabetes, the diabetic people with, with heart disease, uh, had a 38% decrease in uh, cardiac events with this, in this study. Now, this is, a, uh, this is a, a double-blind controlled study. It meets all the criteria that you can have in a conventional study. And, it, and, and chelation has been condemned by the American Heart Association, by, uh, by uh, the American medical boards. It's been condemned for, for 30 years. And here comes this study, which, is unequivocally, which unequivocally shows the value of chelation. And, uh, and all these people who have been condemning it and, and scoffing at it for all these years are kind of scrambling around for an explanation. Yeah. Well, I, I remember in uh, reading, because I'm a subscriber to Russell's letter, I remember uh, another doctor writing to him and saying, the reason, the, big, the reason you're not going to get the establishment endorsing chelation is because, uh, you know, heart surgery is a big part of the revenues of hospitals, and they need those revenues. Are, are, would you be that cynical? Yep, I would be. Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry to hear that, but I, 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 to me it made sense because... You know, it's just it's just the way human beings are. Whether they're trying to protect their own turf or whatever. But what I like about what what I what I really like about you, uh, Doctor Susser, is it seems to me that you are uh, a doctor that's searching for truth, and that's what we try to do on this show is to look for. Uh, you know, we don't talk medicine very often, although it's you know, as a sixty-six-year-old guy, it's interesting to me. Believe me, but uh, is to try to find out what the real truth is because the propaganda that we have in the mainstream—it's always out there. People are trying to protect their own interest as they see it. In the meantime, sometimes do irreparable harm to people. You have, uh, besides intravenous uh, chelation, um, you know, oxidative medicine, stem cells, of course, which is relatively new. You're you're all over the place in terms of looking for truth. So chelation out of the mainstream, uh, stem cells coming into the mainstream, certainly you are a mainstream doctor as well. But you also look at alternative ancient medical remedies, uh, natural energetic healing, all of these things which are really sort of outside of the mainstream, some of which would label you a quack. And I much admire you for uh, for being willing and and looking for truth, truthful answers to things. This is a this has got to be uh, make you a happy man for doing that. 
Well, yeah, it's it's, it's definitely it's definitely the joy of my profession for me mm-hmm. that I and that I've kept an open mind and I look for every possibility. Mm-hmm. And I, exactly. Like I said, like my friend likes to saying, I made up. I'm on the cutting edge of ancient medicine. <laughs> well, you know, it's uh, but ancient medicine, but you're at the same time stem cells. So you're, you know, you're just looking for truth, and and I really appreciate that. Um, but before we let you go, though, you've got to tell us your website. I guess is your name, isn't it? It's uh, Murray Susser. Murray Susser MD dot com. You know, I would uh, would like to talk to you again sometime. Um, uh, about uh, chelation and other topics, we are just about out of time. We got a couple more minutes left. Well, I, I, uh, got, I, have, I have a new product coming out, uh, which which is uh, Primal Boost. Which is okay. Uh, Tell which, us about that, uh, and, and people can learn about that at, at Murray Susser MD, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, we got a couple of minutes yet. Tell us about the about that. Uh, Prim- Primal Boost is is a product of uh, of uh, for the adrenal gland and the mm-hmm. thymus gland. And the adrenal and the thymus are, are pretty much the heart of the immune system from mm-hmm. the endocrine point of view. Mm-hmm. And they synergize very well. I put them together in a combination uh, which makes them inc- incredibly powerful. And, uh, and, and so it's, it's, it started, it's, it, the, the, the manifestation of it at first is a, is a sweet boost in energy mm-hmm. and well-being. The adrenal gland is the seat of well-being and energy in the body. Mm-hmm. And, and if and uh, and it's the fight or flight or, organ. And if you and if you have a, a stress situation mm-hmm. where you where you want to run or fight, uh, mm-hmm. then then the um, the uh, adrenal gland uh, ha- has to meet that challenge. Mm-hmm. And and so a lot of people are going around with exhausted adrenal glands. Maybe uh-huh. the majority of our culture, probably more than fifty percent of people. Have 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 uh, an exhausted adrenal gland, and it, and the adrenal by itself doesn't seem to refill it. You have to put the thymus in the right combination, and that and that'll do it. And so 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 power boost, uh, primal boost. I mean, is mm-hmm. uh, is 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 going to be out in in the right formulation, and and it's coming out right now. So oh okay, so people can go to murraysussermd.com. Uh, to learn about that, also you know, uh, with with respect to chelation therapy uh, and some of these other unconventional, but but chelation, for example, where can people go to to pursue it, and how expensive is it? Well, uh, it's it's by modern standards, it's not very expensive. It used to be, uh, it hasn't it hasn't gone up in price in about thirty years. But a, a, a chelation, a course of chelation, depending on the circumstance, would be, be anywhere from ten to forty. Uh, treatments on a weekly or bi-weekly basis mm-hmm. and and uh and the each individual treatment is probably in the neighborhood of 150 dollars mm-hmm. so of you, course you, you could spend three thousand you could spend six thousand of course the uh, insurance companies probably aren't covering it for the most part not a bit no, not, not a penny. Uh, well, but now if the government comes out and shows that uh, the government studies come out and show it, and if the government is on the hook for paying for medicine, do you think there's a chance that we'll see uh, see some improvement, or will the big pharma, the big uh, corporate medical interests, continue to poison the government's policies? Well, I, unfortunately, I think the latter is true. If if this drug, the drug is out of patent, it's been around forever and ever. Uh-huh. Uh, EDTA is the drug. Yeah. Uh, if this were a new drug that a, that a big drug company patented, I would mm-hmm. say it'd be a billion dollar product in a year. Wow. And that's incredible. And and uh and maybe maybe a lot more than that. 
the way they're the way they're pricing drugs now. Big oh, pharma. you know. Yeah, they're, they're, they're pricing drugs at 100000 a year and stuff like that. Yeah, it's, it's uh, well, you know, Dr. Susser, we're out of time, unfortunately. Lots lots more that I'd like to ask you about. Maybe we can have you on again sometime. I'd be delighted. Uh, uh, you would uh, be our, our medical doctor on the show. That would be uh, good to have you once in a while. A uh, lot more to talk to you about, for sure. Things that are really interesting, and I guess probably become more interesting as you get up in years, as I have at age 66, because, uh, well, you, we start to realize the sand in the hourglass is running out. Out and you'd like to make the most of what you have left. So, uh, I, I, yeah, you got you got to be in the moment. I guess if you be in the moment, it's eternal. Exactly. That's very good. Very well put. Thank you, Doctor Susser, for being with us. Well, folks, don't go away because we're going to be right back after the break with my good friend Daniel McAdams of the Ron Paul Institute for Peace and Prosperity. Don't go away. I'll be right back. America Business Network, the bottom line in business. Paramount Gold and Silver is a U.S.-based exploration company with multi-million ounce gold and silver deposits. Paramount's primary asset, the Sleeper Gold Project in northern Nevada, is located in one of the world's most prolific mining districts. Paramount's gold equivalent resources stand at over 7 million ounces. Paramount trades on the NYSE under the symbol PZG. For more information, go to www.paramountgold.com. Paramount Gold is located for success in gold and silver exploration. Stocks, bonds, investment opportunities, financial news, and talk. We can help. Call us now toll-free, 866-472-5790, 866-472-5790, Voice America Business Network. Listening to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with your host, Jay Taylor. If you have a question or comment about today's show, Jay would love to hear from you at 1 866 472 5790. That's 1 866 472 5790. You can also send an email to questionsfortaylor at gmail.com. That's questions, the number 4, Taylor at gmail.com. Now, back to our program. Welcome back to Trading Hard Times into Good Times. I'm your host, Jay Taylor, and I'm really happy to have with me again my good friend, Daniel McAdams. He's the executive director of the Ron Paul Institute for Peace and Prosperity. Uh, thanks again for joining me, Daniel. Thanks so much for having me back, Jay. It's really good to have you. I, I like to have you on my show to give us a truthful vision of what is really going on around the world rather than the view. I like to say the view that we get from down on the mushroom farm. You know, that means for those of you who don't know what I'm talking about when I say on the mushroom farm, it means that when you're in the mushroom farm, you're being kept in the dark and you're being fed fecal matter. <laughs> so the, the need for this show, <laughs> that's what the, why we created this show back in March of 2009 was uh, you know, had to do mostly with med- with uh, with the finances, the markets, and uh, fiat money, and the danger of all that. Um, uh, so, but you need you really need to focus on independent thinkers. And uh, Dr. Susser, who we just talked to in the field of medicine, certainly qualifies there. Uh, and, and you know, the the thing is that if we keep 
as Albert Einstein said, the definition of his insanity is if we continue to do the same thing and expect different results. That's the definition of insanity. And I certainly see that going on in the financial arena, certainly with the Federal Reserve, keeps doing the same thing it did in the 1930s. It didn't work then. It's not working now. It won't work. It's doomed. But they keep trying. They keep trying to do the same thing. Well, the same thing also, in my view, uh, pertains to foreign policy. Here we are. Uh, going over nation after nation, uh, you know, running, uh, taking our military, changing regimes, forcing people out of office, killing tens of thousands of innocent civilians, uh, and then we wonder why people don't like us. And, um, you know, it's a, that blowback idea that Ron Paul talked about uh, in when he was campaigning for, uh, when he was uh, running for president, um, you know, they came over here because we're over there, the reason they came over here on 9-11, Ron said. And, of course, that uh, brought about an awful lot of hisses and boos, and people don't want to hear things sometimes that go against the conventional wisdom. Um, but uh, I would really suggest that the Ron Paul Institute uh, dot org. I guess that's, have I got that right, Daniel? Yeah. Sure, ronpaulinstitute.org. Well, there's so many examples there of how the mainstream media is keeping us down on the mushroom farm. So I'd like to explore a couple of the current uh, the current articles that are posted there. This is a, a very interesting website, very insightful. You'll get ideas that are way out of the mainstream, but but check them out and do your own thinking. Look at the sources and you know put your own brain to work and try to to uh, try to understand what is being said here and whether it makes sense daniel i'd like to ask you about a couple of the articles that are there sure. the first one that caught my eye was one called bravo malal uh mal malala, malala. yes yes yeah. bravo malala yes tell us uh, what's that about you know she's this this young gal from pakistan who tragically was shot in the head uh, by extremists over there because she has been agitating for uh, education for females. And, uh, you know, it's a terrible thing that happened. And she's been lionized by a lot of people here, and rightly so, for her courage and everything. Mm-hmm. Of sure. course, the regime likes to use it to boost, um, to boost their foreign policy. See, isn't it wonderful that we're over, over there doing this and supporting young girls like this? Uh, she was invited on Friday to the White House to meet with the President and the First Lady and one of their daughters. And um, we put this up because it was extremely incur- uh, courageous what she did when she was sitting there with the President. And she issued a press release afterward to, ex- to talk about the meeting. And one of the things she said is, quote, I also express my concerns that drone attacks are fueling terrorism. Innocent mm-hmm. victims are killed in these acts, and they lead to resentment among the Pakistani people. And so, Jay, as you said in your opening, that that almost uh, trails word for word for what Dr. Paul has been saying for all these years. Mm-hmm. And here's a young woman who lives in the middle of it. She understands it. She's certainly not part of the hate America crowd, on the contrary. Yet she's saying the exact same things that Ron Paul has been saying. So bravo for her for having the courage of really... Um, saying that the emperor has no clothes on. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I suppose that the administration wanted to use that to say, see how much good we're doing in, in these foreign lands. See, this woman, uh, this young lady is, uh, is for women's rights because we are, because we're over there and we're encouraging her. We're doing the right thing. We're beating the hell out of these people that don't agree with us in terms of how women should be treated. And, uh, and this girl, and, and, and this girl comes through and doesn't exactly uh, give the president the lollipop he's looking for <laughs> that's a very good way of putting it you know she says stop dropping bombs on our country from drones 
yeah. as any of us would say, you know, given the opportunity in any similar situation. Yeah, it's it's incredible that uh, again to me it's the definition of insanity. We keep doing the same thing, and we wonder why countries don't like us. We wonder why, you know, Russia and China uh, it, it seems to be teaming up against us, and uh, not that they are going to treat people any better necessarily, but uh, no. But, but why why individuals are so angry with us? It's you know it's, it's it doesn't seem to be why is it so hard for people to understand? I don't know. It's just the propaganda, I guess, right? Sure, and going back to how you opened it, you know, when Dr. Paul made those comments at that famous debate with Giuliani about how would we feel if they were doing it to us, you know, that's something he's been saying all along. And if we could just try to put ourselves in the shoes of others, you know, yeah. and if you remember, they, they blamed, they said uh, Dr. Paul was blaming America for this. Well, that's, that's the incredibly statist notion that our government is the same as, as, as we, the, the citizens yeah. of the country, you know. Yeah. Uh, we so it's, it's a distinction that's important to make. Uh, I'd like to switch to Syria a little bit, Daniel. We, we Americans are being kept down, I think, again on the mushroom farm when it comes to the alleged poisonous gas uh, allegations there in Syria. In a featured article on the Ron Paul Institute website, it, uh, it's titled, Obscuring the Details, a Panoramic Look at America's Case Against Syria. And the article starts out as follows. It says, the U.S. federal government and the various agencies, media organizations, individuals, foreign governments, non-government organizations, lobbies, uh, forces, and other entities that are tied to it have done everything in their power to obscure the details involving the chemical attacks in, uh, that took place in Syria on August 21, 2013. What has been done to keep the American people in the dark on this issue? What, what is, how are, the tr- how is the truth being obscured? Well, one of the things that, that has never been pointed out, and certainly the administration never pointed it out, is the reason that the U.N. Uh, inspection team went in there in the first place. Uh, the team that just very coincidentally happened to be there when the August 21st chemical weapon was launched, they were there at the invitation and request of the Syrian government to uh. investigate several other chemical attacks that had been uh, that had been launched in, I think it was in March and April of this year. So it was the Syrian government itself invited the U.N. to come in and say, please take a look at these attacks. Um, and what the Syrian government wanted, and they were backed by Russia and China in this, is to, uh, is to give them a mandate to determine who launched the attacks. Uh-huh. This is what they wanted. And under U.N. pressure, or under U.S. and its allies' pressure, the U.N. team was only given the authority to determine whether or not an attack had taken place which is not very helpful. Mm. So it may be a grand uh, obfuscation scheme on the part of the Syrian government, but if you had committed such a crime, would you invite investigators to come in and please investigate it and tell us who you think did it? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, and this is something we've not heard. This is the first I've heard this, Daniel. I've not heard about the Syrians inviting the U.N. in before this happened. And just magically, the day they arrived, within 72 hours of their arrival, the same government that's asking them to come in to investigate these other ones, supposedly this same government let off this huge one on, on, on August 21st. It's, you know, it, it certainly does not make any sense from a, if, if you're in any way a rational person. 
Yeah, it doesn't make any sense at all. I mean, where is our media talking about that? And as far as that goes, where is our media talking about this brave young girl that you just talked about, too? Where is the media talking about uh, pr- former President of the United States saying we, we do not currently have a working democracy? Jimmy Carter, not my favorite exactly. president by any means, but nonetheless, a, a living former President of the United States makes that statement. It's picked up by Der Spiegel and not a word from the American press about it. Exactly. So it just shows you that, you know, how we're being kept down on the mushroom farm. Okay, another, there's uh, an... If I can yeah. just make one last comment. Yeah, on this, sure, please. really interesting. You, you talked about the NGOs in the beginning, and, and the piece makes a very important point that Human Rights Watch, which everyone thinks is this wonderful NGO that does good things, you know, mm-hmm. what they do is they reinforce the, whatever the administration wants when it comes to war. They've been actively lobbying for the U.S. to attack Syria for a long time. Mm-hmm. You know, some human rights group. So yeah, what they exactly. did is they, they came up with some strange report that that purported to prove that the um, that the Syrian government was indeed responsible, which would have resulted in a U.S. attack. So some human rights group. But if you look, at, if if anyone uh, reads the piece, you'll see that the author definitely refutes the Human Rights Watch uh, report as well. So the mm-hmm. NGOs are in on it too. Interesting. Well, it's um, it's you guys, uh, the Ron Paul Institute, and others are shining uh, shining the light on these rascals, no doubt about it. Uh, another article uh, that appeared in today's uh, on today's site, uh, the Ron Paul Institute site. Why only pro? Why are only pro war pundits allowed on U.S. corporate media? And apparently, an article from the Washington Post was it? Yeah, it was the Washington Post reported on a very interesting study by an organization called the Public Accountability Initiative, which found that. Um, those people who, those so-called experts who appeared on the mainstream media in advance of the the president's planned attack on Syria, uh, nearly to the person, had some personal financial stake in the military-industrial complex that they did not um, that they did not reveal prior to going on the television set. Uh, so people like Stephen Hadley, uh, who has about a million dollars worth of shares in Raytheon, which makes a Tomahawk missile. I uh, didn't bother to mention that when he was writing articles in in the Washington Post, actually, uh, saying how important it was for us to go to war. Uh, and so there were there are plenty of other uh, examples in this in this amazing piece. And mm-hmm. we wrote it up a little bit uh, that uh, you know this doesn't get reported. You never have to say that you are standing to profit off of these mm-hmm. wars that you're promoting. But you know we we've seen it all the time. They pro- they put bring out these generals, these so-called experts, who all say the same things. But they have some vested interest in in the war machinery. They certainly do. They certainly stand to make they, make money off of it. You know, we just uh, in talking to Doctor Susser before you came on, Daniel, I asked him uh, whether uh, you know he talked about chelation therapy and how that works so well for so many remedies, but how the uh, you know the the hospitals don't want to put it into effect because uh, the, the you know heart surgery is a big money maker for the hospitals. It's a big revenue driver. So he. He said, no, I'm not being too, he didn't think I was being too cynical, or the person who stated this said that, that uh, that's the human nature, I'm afraid, that's uh, whether it applies to domestic issues of uh, where you get government to help you and not compete honestly with the truth, when you keep the truth hidden, uh, people keep people down on the mushroom farm, and then they're not able to make good, intelligent decisions. And that's certainly true. You guys are shining the light on geopolitics and helping us make better decisions when we go to the polls to vote. One last uh, question, one last topic I'd like you to just address briefly, if you could. Judge Napolitano explains the FISA court scam. How, how can we Americans think this is anything but 
the machinery of a dictatorship, I'd like to ask you. I mean, talk to us a little bit about what the judge was saying, Judge Napolitano was saying about the FISA court. I know we've talked about it in this show before, but if you, we got a minute or two here if you want to just address what Judge Napolitano said. Well, I think, you know, you're absolutely right. You know, and the judge, as you know, is, is, is thankfully one of our, one of our, on the board of advisors of the, of the Institute, and we're very happy to have him. But when it talks, when you talk about legal analysis, there's, there, there are very few better than him, as, as you well know. And he talks about, you know, the basic illegality of the FISA court. You know, he says it's unconstitutional at best and not even a court at worst, mm-hmm. which is pretty, pretty strong words, you know. He, yeah. um, uh, he, he, he pulls no punches on it, you know. Yeah. I just don't know how we can, how we can look at that as anything other than, than a, a piece of a dictatorship. I mean, if, if there's no, uh, there's no right to have a lawyer, there's, we, nobody knows what's going on. Nobody, it's all done there's in secret. no, it's totally a secret court. I mean, this is the, this is the stuff you'd expect from, you know, Nazi Germany or, or, uh, or, you know, Russian, uh, the Russian dictatorship of years ago, and perhaps today even, I don't know. But in any event, sure. I want to thank you very much. Daniel, There's some. I just let, let our listeners know, there's so many great articles there. Will Obama blow his diplomatic opportunity with Iran is, a, is a, an article. The Myth of American Exceptionalism is another article that's there. All of these are really good. The Fourth Branch of Government, a military takeover of our country, it has already occurred uh, this is an article I'm going to talk to, actually, to the author of this article uh, in a, a show in the future. Do you recall his name, uh, Jacob Daniel? Jacob Plumberger. Jacob Plumberger exactly. is, is exactly. terrific. He's the, he's the head of the Future of Freedom Foundation and has been a great friend of Dr. Paul's for many years. He's agreed to come on my show, I think, in the first Tuesday of, of February, so maybe we'll have you join him if you have the time. It would uh, really, really be great to have you. Saudis to unify hardline Islamist groups in Syria. So the Saudis are teaming up with the Israelis, uh, apparently, in some ways. Very interesting, very interesting stuff, very important uh, things that are going on. And the most important thing is that people really know what's going on because, you know, we're all busy, that's true, but you can go to the Ron Paul Institute uh, website and catch a lot of this stuff, and it doesn't take very much time to come up to speed on what is really going on as opposed to what uh, you're going to hear on the mainstream media. Thank you very much, Daniel, for being with me once again. Thanks, Jay. Folks, don't go away. I'll be right back with uh, with a review of today's show and also uh, talk to you a little bit about next week's guest. Don't go away. I'll be right back. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. Golden Arrow Resources on the TSX Exchange has recently made a new silver discovery and is presently drilling a 6,500-meter program on that discovery. A maiden resource calculation is expected to be released in April of this year. The project is located in Jujuy Province in northern Argentina, just 30 kilometers from the Perquitas Mine operated by Silver Standard. Golden Arrow has an experienced team with decades of experience in Argentina. Golden Arrow offers shareholders exceptional leverage with an exciting new silver discovery. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network.
listening to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with your host, Jay Taylor. If you have a question or comment about today's show, Jay would love to hear from you at 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You can also send an email to questionsfortaylor at gmail.com. That's questions, the number four, taylor at gmail.com. Now, back to our program. Welcome back to Turning Hard Times into Good Times. I'm your host, Jay Taylor. I uh, just want to mention one of the uh, ideas that I didn't get around to talking about in the second segment of the first hour today. That is an article that appeared on Bloomberg titled, U.S. May Join Germany of 1933 in Pantheon of Defaults. Interestingly enough, they made the comparison of Germany, which got itself into big trouble after reparations were forced to a, forced on that country after World War I. The only way it could pay for those reparations was to buy printing money. Now, the article is drawing a parallel show, showing that with uh, entitlements in the United States, we are indebted uh, to levels that are comparable to what Germany was indebted with after World War I. The U.S. is facing a $200 trillion entitlement uh, requirement over the years into the future. So, how are we going to pay for that? Well, John Williams has uh, clearly stated the only way, uh, the only politically viable way, is by printing money. U.S. and Russia is compared in that article as well. The, uh, the author talked about Russian exports of oil in 2008. They plummeted because of the world economy. And uh, he said there's a parallel there with the United States. The United States' main export, which is treasury bills, treasury, uh, treasury bonds and bills, they have plummeted also. Uh, that is the demand for U.S. treasuries from foreign countries. Have, so we're not able to export treasuries as we once did. Print money, give it to other countries, use it, uh, and then buy their goods. Well, uh, we've at the same time, have our debt has gone from $9 trillion to $16 trillion, And, of course, they can't. They can't stop the rise in Washington. We're seeing this. Republicans will not be able to stop this train. We're going to raise the debt ceiling, go into debt more and more. And so one source the other day, actually, I saw this uh, uh, quoting a high-level administration official in the Obama administration. When asked, how are we going to grow our exports, he said, we're just going to destroy the dollar. Well, there you have it. We're going to destroy the dollar. We're going to print money. And to me, if you're... Do you want to own dollars when that's going on? Certainly the Chinese don't. The Chinese, a very interesting article the other day, calling for uh, a new world order and a new currency, and China, meantime, is buying all the gold it can get its hands on. And fast, very rapidly, is now probably the second largest gold gold holder in the world and uh, the largest gold producer and keeps all of it to itself. As Chris Blasey opined earlier in today's show, something big is going on with China. I would urge you to follow up with Chris Blasey and his organization. I think they have some very important products that you may want to consider buying uh, to protect yourself against the debasement of the currency. Daniel Adams, as always, helps shine some light on the truth uh, on the criminal activities of our government as it tries to keep all of us down on the mushroom farm. We just talked to him. As Jimmy Carter said, America does not currently have a working democracy. I certainly believe that is true because the rich and the powerful control much of our lives uh, but understanding the truth and at least improve uh, it at least improves our odds of protecting ourselves going forward into the future. I want to thank Dr. Susser for helping us to ferret out some of the truth about the medical society and the medical establishment and uh, follow up with Dr. Susser as well. I think it, it's uh, very well worth your time. I hope to do that. Certainly a lot of unconventional, but again, Dr. Susser seeking the truth, uh, the objective truth and not uh, and not just uh, accepting what the media tells you. 
Next week, our special guest will be Michael Maloney. He's the founder and owner of goldsilver.com, and he'll talk to us about why he thinks $40,000 an ounce gold is not out of the question. Uh, and, of course, uh, with hyperinflation and printing money like uh, the Obama administration says we're going to have to do to increase our exports, could be. Also, the ghost of Rick's, Richard Nixon will be with us. We'll play his, his famous, his infamous speech in which he debased the currency, uh, took gold away from the dollar. Also with me, Alistair McLeod will uh, talk about why there's no way in God's little green earth why we're going to go back to uh, why they're going to be able to taper and why money printing is all you're going to see as far as the eye can see. Uh, I believe both next week is going to be a very, very important uh, show for you, so I hope that you'll tune in. In closing, I want to thank our staff, uh, Tacey Trump, my producer, and Matt Widener, my engineer, for making this show logistically possible. I want to thank each of you for listening to the show, making it the number one show on the Voice America Business Channel. And so until next week, goodbye and God's blessings to you. Thank you again for listening to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with Jay Taylor. Please join us again next Tuesday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel.